Hey guys, this is Mason Bush with Code Hunting University Podcast. Welcome to the show. Code Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHU Podcast at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at Conkey'sOutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. It's Mason Bush with Coon Hunting University Podcast. Today I'm in Scotts Hill, Tennessee with uh, Mac Neal and Mike Creasy. How are y'all doing? Doing very well. Yeah, good. Well, I appreciate y'all letting me take the time to do this. I've been a hot topic um, for a while now. I've had a, a, a bunch of different people t- tell me to get up here and, and uh, get y'all interviewed. So finally made the time to do it. Uh, I met you at the, the Youth World Banquet this year. I'm glad we we finally making it happen. Uh, McNeil, uh, we'll kind of start with you. Just kind of tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Just give us a little introduction, please. Well, uh I started hunting in 1960. I went. I won my first hunt in 1964, and uh, I just got started competition hunting and went from there. Y'all on a uh, a big sawmill around these parts too, don't yeah, you? I'm on a sawmill. How long? I've run a sawmill since '65. Did your family have it before then, or did you start it? I started. It. Did you? Yeah. Okay. You remember some of your some of your earliest memories as far as coon hunting goes, uh, like when you started pleasure hunting? Yeah, I remember about all of them. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I started out with a half blue tick and a half black tan. And I bought him when he was a puppy. I gave $15 for him. I trained him. And... Uh, we just started, I just got started hunting. And I kept him till he died. Uh, Do you remember about what year that was when you'd got him? Yeah, it was in 60, he died in 67, so uh, about 60, 1960. Okay. Where'd you go from there as far as coon hunting goes after he, after he passed away? Well, I had other dogs. Did you? Yeah. I've always kept a dog to a coon. I've never been without a dog to a coon. You talk about him being an off-colored dog. Were you were you more fond of a blue or black black dog back then, or did no, like color? Any kind of good dogs. We've hunted all kinds. Got you. What about you, Mike? When when did you kind of come along? Well. <clears throat> I had to be very small because the first memory I've had uh, being out in the woods coon hunting was I was riding on my dad's back <laughs> crossing a <laughs> creek. I remember that. It's still, you know, etched in my mind. So I had to be five, six years old. Uh, and I guess I was just I navigated toward coon hunting. Um, I used to love deer hunt and. Every, if you if it moved, it was hunted around here, basically the way we were. Of course, we live in the country and and all, but 
I love the squirrel hunt, coon hunt, rabbit, whatever you could do, um, you know, during the seasons and sometimes out of seasons. So, uh, but uh, we coon hunted. Uh, I remember, you know, Dad would go on a hunt, uh, travel to a competition hunt uh, when I was, wasn't was old enough to go and stay at the clubs by myself, and I'd ball and squall for hours. <laughs> and um, CB radios came popular at the time so i could talk to him for till they run out of distance so i kept up with him i remember the last uh, he was on the way to summerable one night got in the hatch river bottoms and uh, back uh, you could take a cb radio and add a linear to it and get a little few extra watts and and we had a pretty good system here at the house and he had one on his pickup so i'll never forget him going through uh hatch river bottoms and us was still talking i was still wanting to go <laughs> <But> <laughs> he was getting further by the minute so but i remember that and I'm sure you can too. I mean, I'd squall like a uh, like a baby, and I, you know, I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old at that time. And so it's just something we I, I always loved uh, a dog and a, and being outdoors. Absolutely. You talk about Hatchie River bottoms. I, I still hunt them quite a bit. Yeah. It ain't 15 minutes from my house. I it's that's, some, that's a beautiful place. It is. It's um, some of the some best we got around here i've uh dad the oacha clubs that you always went to would be clint kentucky somerville tennessee and leoma tennessee lawrenceburg at the time those were the clubs that i always enjoyed going and, and still still enjoy uh seeing the hunts held in those locations is uh the clubhouse still the same as it used to be as far as Somerville goes? I don't remember. I've not been to Somerville in probably ten or twelve years. Little block building just right off the road. Uh what's the road? It's, it's out in the country. I don't remember the name of it. It's right off Jernigan. Yeah, yeah. I believe it'd be the, probably the same club. I got you. I know Leoma is. I went toward Florence not too long back and their club has still seen seen a sign pointed, so I'm sure it's the same. Um course a lot of those older coon hunters are are gone now that was active or you know slowed down a whole lot but um, I know uh, Clinton's club Clinton Kentucky's club it's still a lot of memories there Uh, my grandmother lived in Fulton and dad he wouldn't miss opportunity mom he'd take her you know they'd go and spend the weekend up there and Clinton wasn't but 20 miles from Fulton so dad would always go out and either if there wasn't a hunt going on he'd always go out and visit joe house mm-hmm. joe was right there lived by the club so um always a lot of memories there absolutely mcneil what's uh going back to the competition do you remember some of the some of your earlier wins some some of your bigger wins to begin with well uh yeah i went on pro hunt down in mississippi do you remember who who might have been in some of them cast or or what dog you were hunting? Yeah, I was hunting Tom, cracking Tom. All scanners was on the cast, and uh, I don't know the remember the other two. Roy Trammell was judging. You remember you remember about how the how the cast went? Before we left the club, we were on final cast. Before we left the clubhouse, there's a guy come out there and he said, "Mike got blue dog mean." <laughs> I said, well, he ain't going to bother Tom. Uh, Tom got first and first on a cone, and I heard the blue dog when he went in on him. And uh, Tom never did hush train. But Hoss's dog and that other female went through the bottom. 
And uh, we got there, Tom sitting back on a snag. There's a snag sitting outside of him. Roy said, Mac, you got, we got two separate trees. I said, what are you talking about two separate trees? He said, Tom treated up that snag. And uh, so uh, he, he mashed me 200. Mm. And plus the blue dog. We went down there and turned the loose, and they struck. Tom pulled out there about 200 yards and treed. These dogs two are gone, so I treated him, went out there, and he had that cut. Well, I stayed around a tree there. I knew that blue dog would come in there. And I was waiting on him. <laughs> so, uh, Roy said, Mike, get your dog and let's go. And I said, I want to see the coon. I said, that may be the only coon I get to see tonight. And he says, uh, well, go ahead and get your dog. Uh, but anyway, I stalled enough time the blue dog come in and got mice. And we tried to lose it again. Tom treated another coon by himself. Went on in there and Three dogs got together, and Tom treated again. I didn't have to train, so I won that case. Paid six thousand. Oh wow! Yeah. At that time. You remember about what what year that was? That was in '83. '83. Yeah, uh, it was in Greenville, Mississippi, okay. and it was well, yeah. probably one of the coldest nights man could have coon hunted in Greenville, <laughs> Mississippi. And uh, I remember Houses Lawyer was in that cast yeah yeah uh i remember that one so well and i'm gonna to add to these hunts as i because a lot of times i was still at the club you know and but um i remember during the day uh the greenville's club was right on the side of a big levee and they had hunted the night before uh and it was it warmed up during the day uh it was in january january first week in january and we uh we went over and to, to just walk our dogs. It got sunny, dogs were still. We'd hunted um, pretty hard the night before. And uh guy come never, I'll never forget the scene, coming down the levee, he's wide open, so he wheeled in there. We was on his, we was walking these coon dogs on his duck hunting territory. Mm. <laughs> we took one more <laughs> cussing. <laughs> and uh, of course I was 16, uh, 17, 18, I guess I was uh, at the time. And uh, I remember, of course, you know, then young and cocky. And I remember us getting uh, getting in the truck because Hoss and Dad and Tam Young was roomed together that on that hunt during that hunt. We all went together. And uh, uh, Hoss was very quiet. And I said, "We already told him this, 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 and this." And Hoss, I'll never forget it because uh, on the side of that that guy had a gun on his side, about a big old pistol, about down to his knees, and. Hall said, we done just exactly what we needed to do, and that's kept our mouth shut. <laughs> so, so, but he went back, told the law we was on the property and all, and it was a big deal, but it never mounted to anything, of course. But uh, I'll never forget, while that final cast was going on, me and Tam was waiting there in the truck. And if you've ever been around Tam Young long, um, if he ever falls asleep, he's snoring. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember him rattling the windows me trying to get a little shut-eye while there was going on that final cast. You don't take much for him to fall asleep, neither. <laughs> it don't. I, it don't. But, but uh, that was a memorable hunt. 
You ever know Huey Reagan? I do. Well, I didn't. I've heard a lot of stories about him, but um, <coughs> I didn't I know that's Murray's father, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He was uh, the lawyer in Jackson. Jackson. He's an attorney. He hunted up the blue dog. Uh, he's a grand night champion. And I had a year and a half old pup And I went to Jackson one night on ACHA hunt. I draw Huey. We went over there and turned loose, that dog of mine just jammed the coon down there. And uh, I got 200 of them. So the guide said, well, we're going to change places to us. So we went over there and changed places. <laughs> but down there, my dog hit a fox and run it for about three hours. <laughs> and Huey's dog would go in there, he'd come back. I said, Huey, how in the world have you ever make that dog run that chance? <laughs> I said, I figured he'd run a coon. And Huey said, Mac, he said, you know what that dog run. Mm, telling on him. <laughs> Anyway, he did. He run. I had to leave, and we went back to clubhouse. I went back and got him. You might have been went. I don't remember that one. One trophy about that high. Mm. That was when you hunted three hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> would, would that have been about the same time? Barry was telling me about a story. He had a uh, a blue dog. He sold Huey. That was actually the father of the Trader dog. I think Trader come from. Uh, Fergie, is that correct? Mm-hmm. We bought it from, yeah. Yeah, yeah Fergie had a female and bred it to uh, a blue dog that Barry had traded around and got, and uh, he said he sold him to uh, to Huey. So I didn't know if that'd be the same one. It could be. I look on his, but I think his pedigree is on that that ad over there. Dad's got it posted up there. Okay. <clears throat> Dad, uh, back in coming out of the sixties, Dad bred. Uh, the first dog I can remember us having here, um, Dad bred a female to uh, Rob Danny Boy, won ACHA World Hunt. You remember that? I'm sure. Um, we kept three, three. There was three, three dogs I can remember out of that lit- litter. Uh, but Dad had one that's probably uh, one of my favorite dogs of all time here. Just he was my buddy. I was growing up, called him Timber Chopping Buck, and. Um, he was just a super nice dog. I can still hear him treed. I can still hear the way that dog treed. He's a solid tree dog. But Dad had bred, uh, I don't know what kind of female. I can't remember. Barry was talking about another dog uh, around these parts, uh, Hatchie River Bob or Hatchie River Dan. A lot of people that y'all may have had a dog off of. Okay. Now, Bob was actually, uh, on the papers, uh, Snake's daddy. Okay. Yeah. We had bought Snake. I know we're jumping around a little bit. Don't, sure don't want to get away from Tom because Tom was a special hound. I think today still, and I've said this many a time, Tom was the best dog we ever owned, I think, year round. It didn't matter, summer or winter. He could he could, he could make a coon somewhere. Um, if it was stormy, rainy, lightning you wanted it to be when you hunted him he would steal tree coons night after night um i don't know how many times dad won the state hunt with him he won pro hunts paid seven hundred dollars um he ended up winning like twenty three thousand dollars i think it was total but 
he was just, of course, I went on a youth hunt with him. Uh, he was just a real hound. We bought him, or Dad and Hoss Gainus, uh bought him from Larry. Oh, uh, you remember Larry? Uh, oh, forget his name. From down Alabama. Great guy. Okay, uh, I hate that. He, he uh, Tom had won, uh, liked to win the Little World ACHA Little World Hunt down in Tupelo. Placed high both nights. And uh, Larry was having some health issues and uh, was going to sell him. We heard about him. First night we went with him, wouldn't give a quarter for him. He was out of shape. It was a summer night, hot. Our dogs treated coons all the way around him. Made a horse again. used to live at Crump. And we met and we went out on the park and he looked awful. We got thinking about it. Uh, went back with him again and dad and them uh, bought him. I forget what y'all paid for him altogether. It was pretty, pretty, pretty high. Especially back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five thousand. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I think he had a dog or two in the trade too. That was some good hounds. So, because that's what happened with Dad and Hoss Gainus that uh, when they were partners on a lot of dogs together, and um, they always tried to find one better. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it just didn't happen. Right. I mean, we, we you know they had some of the better ones, and we'd hear one. We we'd been on a lot of wild coon hunts chasing a better dog that you just wasn't out there at the time, you know, or one that could be bought. There was some better, but you just couldn't buy them. But we was always looking for something better. We can roll back to uh, Tom a little bit. Tell us um, where Tom come from. There was some, I remember this, there was some discussion on who bred Tom, uh, because back in, at that time, PKC started, they were giving, started out giving the breeder some money if a dog wanted to hunt, and I think they had to quit that, because, mm-hmm. you know, but then they got started doing the fertility program, and that all stopped, but there were certain hunts you could win, and they would give you breeders awards. And, I think the truck hunt was that way at one time, was it not? I, Yeah, it was, and uh, and there were certain hunts that you could win, and, and, um, Tam Young's name's on the um, papers, I think, is Breeding Tom. Um, maybe he was in partners with uh, um, Jordan. Uh, lived over at Stanton, Stantonville over there. Uh, Ernest, was it Ernest Jordan? Big old tall, lanky coon hunter. Um, uh, but... Um, that was that's kind of he came from that area in the beginning he was out of a a dog called uh deacon robertson's little deacon Terry robertson above his daddy yeah yeah terry was involved in tom's breeding um yeah terry robertson he's on the daddy of um of tom and larry and terry and all of them live around florence most shows area so Mm -hmm. i'm assuming that's how he came about and i used to thumb through every one of these magazines here couldn't wait to get the american cooner and I'd always keep up with these dogs, and that's the reason when Tom came around, I'd already knew what he'd won <laughs> by looking through all the magazines. So y'all didn't get him as a puppy? He was he was in a little... No, he was about four years old when we bought him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He died at nine. Um, he had um, stomach cancer. Died. Last coon he pulled him off of was over in uh, Kinder, Missouri at the Nationals. Uh, daylight. Uh, we was he'd got treed, got he got beat. He got in on some federal refuge land over there, and uh, we had to go back and get him. And walk, we went in to get bottom, got him coming out. And I noticed his back legs was, was giving away on him, and uh, 
brought him back and had him checked, and he didn't last a couple of weeks after that. He he died on us. <clears throat> but the last coon, last tree he made, he had a coon in it. I've heard a lot of people talk about him. Said he was an exceptional, yeah, he exceptional was, dog. He was he was unique. Um, now going back, you know, back then they didn't have DNA, um, and I'd always heard his grandmother was half blue tick. Really? They bred a uh, Labrador and a half blue tick. Was his grandmother? And of course, they got papers on them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sometime right. during that time. And, and uh, but his mother, I think his mo- his grandmother was listed right. She was just her from there back. Probably wasn't. I know it wasn't. But his grandmother and mother on the paper was correct. And of course, his daddy's side was always correct, as far as I know. Right. And uh, <clears throat> but you could see, you could see some tendencies. Any him, he, he was a little bit yellow-eyed, mm. had a little white in his chest. Black <laughs> tan guys don't like that white in his chest, right. <laughs> but uh, it didn't hurt him. It mm. didn't hurt him all. But he was his coarse, thick hair was thick and coarse. And like I said, you put him in water, he could just swamps and stuff. He dot dot. He just he was just unbeatable. Was uh, what, what was some of the bigger wins he had? You were hunting him in the, when you won the youth world, yeah. correct? Uh, the biggest ones was with the youth hunt when I won it with him, um, and also um, dad that pro hunt there was six thousand dollars that he'd won, and um, he got third in the PKC PCA at the time world hunt. Okay, uh, the year old Duke won it. It was uh, Rodney Rodney Green had. Uh, um, had a dog in the finals. Um, there I go again, going blank. Duke. Uh, David Luckett had Duke, uh, Rodney Green, dog he'd won it with. Rodney got in the World Hunt finals three years in a row. Yeah, this dog was a real hound. Uh, he won it one year with him, come back one second with him with it that year. Dad ended up third, three dog finals. Okay, okay. Um, I know what dog you're talking about. I'd have Dave, to go back yeah. and look. Dave Roberts ended up having that dog. Uh, me and Dave hunted together in another hunt down in Georgia. It's a whole different story, but he was hunting. Dave ended up with that dog in his older age. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, Duckett, uh, Luckett's old Duke. You know, he uh, he come from around Florence as well. You're talking about Tom uh, Tom coming from, or well, Deacon coming from that part, that mm-hmm. part of, uh, I believe, when he was a puppy, I think Duke come from that part and then uh he went south to uh to david and he he won it twice didn't he yeah 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 i forget what duke was out of but you're right he had a north alabama connection there yeah there's a lot of dogs between adamsville this area um savannah all the way down the tennessee river bottom there's been some good dogs they that's been that's come out of these tennessee river bottoms absolutely some good ones yeah now that um tom once snake um we'd bought snake out from a guy he was uh uh just a pleasure hunter over at uh over at henderson just outside of henderson and um snake was trained on chickasaw state park uh we heard about him went down tried him and um treat a coon or two when didn't have a lot of hunt in him uh he pleasure hunted him he'd send him down one of those hollers he'd come back in about 15 minutes but he like chickasaw that's just pretty rough yeah it was. <laughs> that's the reason he only hunted 15 minutes <laughs> i don't blame him <laughs> and uh but uh dad and hoss actually um he come to, brought him down here at the river bottoms hunted up at uh, around dickie's landing up there in gary bottoms 
and uh, Dad and Hoss ended up buying him that night. He, I think he looked pretty good. I remember I didn't go. I was that night. I didn't get to go with him, but yeah, that's the way we ended up owning him. Did he ever? Didn't you? Have you got second one year and won it? Yeah, Snake won was the world uh, later on, or vice uh, versa. Like Tom, going back to Tom, he, you know, he won Black Tan Days what three or four times, two or three times state hunt two or three yeah. i mean he he won a lot of stuff uh and snake when we bought him at two years old um we hunted them dogs every night we'd go we they we'd hunt those two dogs and snake never beat tom two out of three nights never uh, we just hunt we hunted hard um hoss and dad had bought him uh, and we went to mayfield kentucky one year hunting him on the world hunt and uh uh, hunted him four nights, got beat every night. Uh, I think I won one early cast that year. He was just—he was young. He just turned two. Uh, Snakes—he was a Mister October. Lay up. He tree—he tree him right here in his feet lot. I mean, if there were six coons in a block of timber, he'd find that extra one. That's just—he was just a layup specialist. And um, uh, and the next year we went up there. It was so funny and comical because uh, Hoss and Dad, I'd got beat those four nights sitting up there on Saturday morning, and, and Hoss was, and Dad, they, they'd buy and sell together. They'd buy. I know they had one dog one time called Popeye. I think they was partners and sold out two or three times each other and then end up hunting <laughs> <laughs> back. So they, they just traded like me and trading pocket knives on dogs. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of comical. I didn't ever know whose dog I was hunting for a while. But... Uh, uh, while I was standing up there at the World Hunt in Mayfield, uh, Hoss said something about selling him. And uh, Dad Dad just paid him right then and bought him, bought his half of him. And then a year later to the day, I, I come back and won the World Hunt with him. That's so, awesome. So that was kind of a running joke with Mr. Hoss for a long time. Um, but he was, a, he, was a, he was a special hound. He was, I, I hunted him as hard as any dog could be hunted. I'd hunt him early, go to bed, hunt him early, go to bed, get him up late and hunt the daylight. He was a, he was a special hound. He was a action pack um, when he was with other dogs. He had a unique hunting style. He never forgot, got his, forget, he never forgot how he was trained. He would hunt 15, 20 minutes in one direction, either right or left. He'd come by you. And of course, we had to put the little extra in him. And he'd always hunt in a straight line. And that was a big help back. You know, we had old wildlife collars, but you didn't have these garments. You could pretty well walk, knew where he was going to be. You, you didn't listen deep on the first. He wouldn't be there. He'd just be around circle. And that's the reason he treated a lot of coon, a lot of coon just around you. You're talking about winning it. Didn't you go back a few years later and, and got pretty deep as well? Yeah. Um, I won it in 80, 88. I got married in 87, so I won it in 88. A year, Just a, about a year later, I went back and hunted. We'd hunted him that weekend, and things fell. He was he was still a young. He had some issues. I mean, you know, he was still a young dog. He just turned three, I think, when I won it. He still had some growing to do. Um, that goes to show you right there. Just you catch them right breaks. You got to have luck, right cast. You got to throw the cones at the right time. Yeah, and everything's got to fall right into place. Yeah. On that week up there with the World Hunt, I hunted him on Monday night and won the cast. Don't remember the cast, but one went out and got beat. Tuesday night we re-entered and got beat early. Wednesday night I went late, got beat. I went early, got beat late. And on Thursday night I go out and win my first round. I go back out. And the biggest hole Snake had 
was he would not hunt thunder and lightning. It could be raining all night long, but he would not hunt thunder and lightning. If it ever, he was quit. He, he was done. And uh, we go out on that fi- uh, Thursday night second round, and Timmy Pratt's in the cast. Um, Timmy's hunting a dog called Polly, and I forget the other two guys. Bruce Gillum was judge. It's coming a monster of a storm. I knew I'm done. But I was just so happy still, I guess. I wasn't expecting to win that cast. And we go out, and it rained just in a flash flood, and it quit and just get as pretty, and then it'd come another flood. And uh, we, uh, Snake was right with us. And then it was 30 minutes, no hunting rule. And, and we was walking Snake around, and I seen him strike his coon. He struck it. I seen him when he struck it. That's how close he was. Of course, time was working on me. And he trails it out there not too far in tree. And so, I, bam, I've got 200 right here. And it calms down. Still raining when we look at the tree and find the coon. And um, I walk him out. We walk him out, cut him back loose. And it's calm. And I'm thinking, okay, he's got it off his mind. He's going to go. Here I am, 200 and other dogs nowhere to be found. Um, we, we, it's, you know, the hunt's getting pretty, um, we're halfway through the hunt by now. He just, then I think you didn't have to run the five on him. So every time he'd leave, I think Bruce was resetting that clock. I often wonder, never said anything to him about it. But uh, we walked out in the big bean field and Snake just come down, sat down right beside me. Here I have got the cast one, no other dog in the country. And it got his, the, the storm moved away. Uh, it 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 just stars shining. Snake gets up, just trots out towards a big block of timber. We're sitting in a huge bean field, and uh, he trots out towards that block of timber. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. Soon as I'm throwing the light on him every once in a while, and soon as he drops over just a little hill, it comes with one of the biggest lap slaps of thunder you never want to hear. <laughs> and I pop my light right back on him. I seen them two eyes coming right back. Mm-hmm. He come right back and sits down right beside me my clock ticks off 30 minutes i've already got my lead in my hand it's going to reach down and lease him when bruce gillum tells me to uh to lease him and uh i ain't mad at him i know that was his that was you know that i don't i didn't hunt a lot in thunder and lightning either so i couldn't hold it against him but uh he uh we were standing there and like i said i've got my lead in my hand to reach down and, and put it put him on lead and Timmy Pratt speaks up and says, I think we need to call timeout. We are proud to have Conkey's Outdoors and sponsor of CHU Podcast. Conkey's is your complete hunting and hound supply store. They carry brands like Garmin, Daltra, Dan's, and even Summit Tree Stands and much, much more. Whether you're in the market for a new thermal or a new hunting rifle, Conkey's has it all. They even offer financing options. Being a family-run business with customer service that's second to none, it's no wonder why Conkey's is the best in the business. So go check them out at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook at Conkey's Outdoors. I look around just in unbelief, and the other two guys says, well, I think we do too, but we don't know where our dogs are at. And they agreed to call timeout. So when I hugged that baby up, <laughs> got a wow. snake in my hands. But what it was, they knew where their dogs were. Get back to the truck, two of them's in the truck. Mm. At least none of them wasn't hunting, but mine was showing, you know, was telling on his. Wish yours would have been with them. Yeah, and the other one they found in an old barn. 
Wow. So, I mean, none of the dogs were hunting. It was that bad, but I was about to get penalized for it, and there's a land up there. And the storm moves out of the way. We have just a handful of minutes, left, 17, 18 minutes to go, and we walk over and cut them loose. We make a tree, and the hunt's over. Mm. And that's the way I get in the semifinals. That's luck. So, that's... Like you said, it takes your breaks. you got to be at the right place at the right time. You know, I've, I've seen cats where I've cut dogs loose, two dogs, and you know, one strikes coon here and the other one misses it and shoots on and he trees, he wins. So I think that's what makes coon hunting, competition coon hunting so spectacular. You just never, never know. Right. i roll back a little bit. You, um, you win in the youth world, kind of walk us through it. I know back then it was a little different. You had to win like sectionals or qualifiers yeah. back then. It's kind of walk us through how all that worked and, and you getting that, getting all the way there. It was the first year they came out uh, with the youth hunt, and I was my age. I turned, I forget if it was 16, 18. It was 80, I won it in 83. So we, um, I was going to be too old. Um, and I remember talking to Jarvis on his telephone, and he said they was, I thought I was too old, and I called to verify my age with him. And, um, I just didn't, I had, couldn't turn 16. Uh, I was, uh, if I got qualified at 15, I was eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, couldn't be 16 or something. Maybe I turned 16, it was in October, it was in the fall of the year, September, it was in October, Mary, Kentucky. So my age just fell within months. I, I got qualified, I turned 16, but I was eligible. <clears throat> and uh, th- then they had uh, 16 regionals. Um, you had to win had to win two rounds just like I open hunt um it was um, they hunted it two nights um and then the hunt uh, was held at counts that's the only one I went to they had them at different times so I was prepared to go to different hunts but I was fortunate enough to win the first one I entered in so uh, I was hunting Tom there um won it I don't remember the, any of the cast there I just know I want I remember you know course i won it and got an invitation to uh the world hunt there in our youth world in uh, mary kentucky and uh went up there and like i said there's only 16 dogs is hunted two hour you know two hour cast it was hunted on um two different nights one one round per cast and i went out don't remember much i can remember the tree that I knew, I remember the both nights I was hunting, when you go through Mary and look in those big bottoms to your right, just north of Mary, and that's where we hunted. Um, uh, J.P. Creel was my judge. He was out of Mississippi, and he was a nice, super good guy, good judge. And uh, uh, Tom treated coon both nights. That's all it took, one coon. And uh, But Tom, the reason he was so good, he knew where to hunt. He knew how to hunt a coon. Mm-hmm. You cut him loose right here, he'd find him a ditch or a creek or something. He just knew where to find a coon. And we cut loose in some cornfields, and Tom got in there deep by himself, had 200 on a coon. And uh, I'll never forget, there was uh, another black and tan female was winning quite a bit, Ed Satterfield. I don't, Ed was on the female from up around Dover. And um, she was she was probably going to be the dog to beat from what everybody was saying. And, you know, during the day, everybody was crowded around her looking at her. And um, I was on that cast, uh, and, uh, and uh, or that I drew her the first round. So she was a little female. Her name was Sally, a little black and tan female. And she was one I was a little worried about. And uh, 
of course, we cut them loose. I got that coon up. And we tree tree another couple of trees. They all get in with me. And one time, an old boy that was hunting her was a big old boy. He had to be 20, 21 years old. I mean, they lied about his age. And he was intimidating. And uh, they'd made a tree right on the edge of a ditch. And uh, it was a questionable circle. And I think I treated him for a quarter. I didn't need much on it. And Tom was there, and I leased him up. And that I'll never forget old Sally was trailing on down that creek. And I'm thinking, dang, she's going to trail on in there. She had first strike. She treats a coon. She beats me. I forget how, uh, but she would have got ahead of me. Maybe she had a circle. I don't remember that deep, much details. But if she treats a coon, she beats me. Hunt's winding down, and I get over there and start patting old Tom. <laughs> getting that son of a gun excited, barking. And that old big boy walked up to me and said something about it. He said, I know what you're doing. And I looked at him. He said, you trying to get my dog back in here? And I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> and of course, we didn't see that coon. We got cut back loose then and hunt went, went, uh, ran out. So I went to the final cast. And in the same way, went to the same bottoms, just hunted from a different direction. Uh, we cut dog uh, Tom to cut him loose. And I don't remember who I was in the final cast that year with me. Uh, but Tom got in there deep, struck him one, and trailed him up, and had him. And that's all it took. Mm. So it's pretty exciting. But then they had a bink show, and I had a dog here, a walker dog. Uh, I was looking at a trophy over there a while ago. He'd won champion, champion's male and, uh, at the ACHA World Hunt in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So he was a good-looking hound. Uh, I wasn't a professional show guy. Um but uh, they had had the uh, national show, PKC National, was at Chickasaw. They gave away four brand-new trucks. Your Lipper, Lipper won it during that time. And um, and a little female I showed against down there beat me. And she was in this show, and I'm thinking, well, she's going to beat me. She beat me once. I didn't understand showing, you know. But anyway, uh, got up there, and I actually won the big show that year with another dog. So actually, in all, I won sixty-five hundred. That was in '83. I won sixty-five hundred dollars scholarship, dog boxes, and and everything else. I was I was a pretty happy guy. Um, that's that's huge, that's especially huge. for for a youth. That's that's a big accomplishment. I remember I got in the final six. I got to go up there two years, and I got in the final six one year. That, that was that was big for me. But that was always my thing when I was a kid. I wanted to win the youth world. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they had it the same weekend as the as the world final. They've they've changed it now. Yeah. So they I th- they kind of got pushed to the side because you had the semis and quarters and the finals of the of the big world. Nobody's nobody really cared about them kids yeah. at, at that time. But. Yeah. I remember the time uh, he Billy Mack when the were Rabbi Smith won the world hunt same and uh, same night I won the. Uh, youth world and um of course they we i'd want a chrome dog box and uh, i had both them dogs in there on that dirt floor and had tom cracking tom tied to one that gate <laughs> and the other dog his name was tom also had him tied and he they were just jumping around dust going everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i didn't care though yeah, it's, it's exciting times yeah but of course you know when you win something like that big you're hooked right i mean it hooked me for life which uh, we had won a little bit before then. I'd had I'd placed in automotes one year when I was younger, but uh, that was, of course, that was a big one. Uh, Tom, Dad, we can go back to him. I mean, he would get off of it, move on. But he um, was it five years in a row you got him in the semis. I think it was five world hunts in a row you got him in the semis. And, and then ended up winning third that one year. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Snake was a lot like that. We got him in four or five times. Okay. Now, I came back with Snake in 93 and won it, or one second reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie, um, it's so funny because um, when I won it in 88, uh, uh, Ronnie Bone was hunting uh, a dog for Ed Yates called Stinger. And I draw a little English dog, and um, in the finals, Blue, uh, Loomis. He was a real, real good hound. Uh, Carl Carroll out of Ohio had bought him and owned him. And um, Doug Jackson was hunting a dog for Russ Beller, Randall Myers called Jam and Jenny, and she was she was special, of course. She was sweet, as pretty as she could be, and uh, which, you know, you know, I was never nervous on that cast. Um, I know that sounds odd. I was. I was just, um, I didn't, I was just happy to be there. I'd earned my way through and I was just happy to be there. If I took fourth, I was just going to be still proud. But we cut those dogs loose out of Paducah and um, we, uh, Loomis makes a tree. And again, Snake came by me and, and here I've hunted him every night, six year, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, double rounds all but one night. And I didn't know how much he had left in him. And, uh, we cut them loose, not a lot happening, and Snake come back and just hung around and uh, for a second. Of course, I knew that was him, like I told you a while ago, his hunting style. And old Loomis made a tree, went down there, and it circled. So I missed a, you know, kind of dodged the bullet there, got sort of speak. Snake went on in there and got a coon and uh, had 175 on it, pulled off that tree. Everything was up, split. Loomis leaves the country somehow. Stinger's running, his little dog's running. I can still hear him running in a bean field. <laughs> and Jeannie's just out in the country somewhere. And Snake made just, he got those layups. And he come off of that one, he fell treat again. I treat him and went in there. I'll never forget this tree. It's the biggest hickory den tree. I thought it was a den. Still argue it's a den. <laughs> and uh, I had 25 and hundred on it had to strike back in for a quarter and uh, we get in there and there's squirrel holes all in that tree big tall snag and i'm thinking i'm talking three four foot through and i'm thinking circle and, and roy trammell's judging roy minuses me hmm. and that hurts my feelings <laughs> wasn't going to argue but it did it hurt my feelings a little bit cutting back loose snake falls in there treat again we'll go in there he's got another cone so i mean that's the way he operated and then uh, cut him back loose, and he struck, and Jeannie comes treed with him, and uh, um, or Jeannie comes treed, and Snake actually pulls to her, which I didn't care. I was in on for 25 and 25. All I got to do is put my lease on him. I'm the world's champion. And uh, I remember walking. Jarvis was in front of me, and he, uh, or behind me, and we got to a darn, the creek wasn't that deep. The water wasn't, but it was real high, and there was a log, and they'd already three or four of them had already walked across it, and um, and um, when I got got up there, I slipped and fell off that thing, and it fell about ten foot. When I landed, water was about that deep. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't the water any. We could have got it <laughs> anyway. I got up there and run to that tree to catch up and and caught it. But in '93, when I come back in one second, uh, Ronnie was in that cast with Annie, and Annie, uh, Ronnie had told dad the, that day he said he didn't care if he wanted it or not he just won't beat me because i beat him once he wants to beat me so it worked out and he won it uh one second we had to, it was a cold 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 night and that year dad won and got in the top eight with uh with a traitor so we went back and he was down to the final eight we had two dogs in the final eight you talking about annie's at awesome annie yeah okay uh, david dial talks about 
uh, talks about that in that cast. I think Eddie was on the cast or maybe judged or walked along or something. And he said it was, it was a real cold night. It's the coldest night I believe I ever hunted. And you, uh, uh, Junior Jacks was on there. So it was kind of, you had Ronnie, had Doug in the first, ca- uh, you know, first final I ever was in. And I have Junior the second. So, and me and Ronnie shared both of those final fours together. And um, um, I can't think of the boy that used to coon hunt a lot, had, had good dogs. Um, um, Richard uh, Bogle, Rick Bogle. Yep. Rick's brother was in the finals with us, with the female, and and Rick uh, Junior was hunting a dog called Jukebox, and he we was making a lot of trees. Uh, I don't know, we was missing a lot of coon, <laughs> and uh, we turned loose. It was cold, wind was blowing, and we was hunting at the Girl Scouts, Girl Scout camp just outside of Aurora, and uh, we went up there and. Snake struck a track, and I could see him in the darn street light working it. He worked it to the end of the pier, and he just wasn't going to drop off in that cold water. Huh. Come back and walked around us, going to the woods, and got minus. So that set the tone for me to just, I was playing for placement then, really. Annie had made a tree, got circled. We made two or three trees on them hillsides. And I jerked Snake up on that, about the second, third tree, because I knew he was just, he was just playing, tagging along. And he got in there and struck around the lake, got treed, and come in, and um, Annie come by us, was headed to him, I feel like. Fell treed up a darn persimmon tree, not much bigger than that mic there, and had a darn coon look like a bear up there. <laughs> and Snake got there. He was, I think actually, you know, you never know what happens, but you try to figure these things out. Snake was trailing right down below, and tra- Snake was still trailing up a holler toward her. Um, I often, on the other end. Was, I often wonder if that was the same coon, you know, but he got there just as five minutes. Matter of fact, I screamed treed, and I missed it. And so I took another 100 minus mm. there. So I was taking – it was just – it was breaks there. Yeah. And Annie had a coon. She won it fair and square, and she's world champion. We, I won second. Uh, we'll come along next. Uh your snake uh, was, was trader right after snake or was was there had, something in between we had snake and trader at the same time okay yeah yeah trader was um we'd bought him uh, from mike ferguson um just went liked him um didn't try him much didn't know much about him when we bought him did we no dad had hunted him a lot in the hunts uh, we won national male leader uh blue tick leader with him mm-hmm. one year um trader never won anything big but he was um he was a long linky dog um uh they had pulled his um toenails because he dug when barry, he up. Yeah, barry talked about that that uh yeah that the trader's mama would do the same thing yeah. they, had, they had pulled her toenails and that uh, I think maybe either Fergie or Lawrence Pettigrew took him to the vet and, and pulled all his yeah. front toenails. Yeah, I don't think he dug or might have started digging or he's afraid he's going to or something like that mm-hmm. story I heard, and they went ahead, which it didn't ever hurt him. They done it when he's puppy. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah they said they thought he might dig. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, but Barry said his the trader's mother was just uh they found her around old dump or something really and i think he called her windy moss creek windy is that right it's on that yeah, paper over yeah, there he's out. She, yeah 
What, what was Trader's daddy? Hoosier C.C. Jed. Jed. Yeah, okay. His daddy was uh, Hoosier C.C. Jed. And that's the reason I wish I could think of the gentleman that hunted those dogs. Um, he hunted some good dogs, bought dogs. Barry had ended up with him. He said he had a dog, called him General Lee or something, and, tra- and traded General Lee for for that dog. Did you call him Jed? What? Didn't, yeah, that's what. Name. Okay, trade him for Jed, some guy up in Indiana or Illinois. Yeah, and uh, he said he ended up selling him to uh, Huey Reagan. I think that's where the dog ended up was Huey Reagan, and then um, and, and Trader come along. They bred them two dogs, and, and Trader come along. I think some papers got put on that female. They just really? they found her. She was a dump. Hey, <laughs> but um, Barry talks about uh, Trader's mother being the, one of the best tracking dogs there ever was really? that, that she would run deer for for days at a time she was a deer dog and Fergie was 15 16 17 year old when when he got her and he said she finally treed one day about noon out, out out close to his house and he went out there and shot a coon to her and he said ever after that she never ran another deer she just turned into a coon dog after it just flipped right then and uh, that's that's where a trader come along not many people know this but um um, Trader was the father of a blue monster, and that's where a lot of that Jed Finley right. stock. Um, yeah. Uh, Trader and um, what's that dog? Uh, Beller had one, Tess female, that she was, uh, I think she may have been the mother or grandmother to, to half breed Jesse, and that's where uh, I think uh, she was the grandmother of Halftime Ruby, which is the, the most winningest female there is right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. How that come from from right here, right here. West Tennessee? <laughs> you know, it's you know, you never know. Um, you just never know. Uh, like I said, we sold him, uh, and I, he, the guy, the gentleman, bought him out of Indiana, got him over in Iowa, and they, hey, that's where it started. Right. But um, Trader yeah. was a good hound. Now they wasn't nothing slack about him. He would trail sometimes. He'd get down trail a little bit too much, and we had to stay on him. We knew what he was doing, and you. You know, I remember Dad and I dropped him in a little corn patch up here one summer night and with the intentions of of working on him. We struck quick, and he started getting a little, what I think he's doing a little backtracking, and that's what we decided, and we'd figured him out. Dad pop him with a shocking collar and keep him on on his toes, and and uh, he would uh, run in a coon. Uh, I mean, he was he was good hound, treed accurate. He was just a he was tough. Never never seen him fail to go hunt and dad placed him in the top eight uh then they got down to top eight the final four would go out and they started hunting off fourth through eight and that year it was so bad that um the weather got so bad dad had drew uh, on friday night um you drew annie and uh, kelly deer from here local kelly was hunting at the time uh had a little dog called scout and he was a three dog cast and Trader got in there too far. It was it started raining, snowing, and it come one of the prettiest snows in Kentucky that I ever seen. It snowed like five inches during that second round. And and um, I'd won my cast with Snake, and it was a very interesting story. And, and Dad couldn't he never he got struck in, but he got out of hearing on you. And had got to treat somewhere to stay all night. I had to go back the next morning and get him. Really? Yeah. Really, if I'd heard him, they didn't want to move. Stood in one place. Mm hmm. 
They didn't. Want, they didn't want to hear him. He was hunting on LBL. Yeah. He just got over those hills, and of course, couldn't use any type of tracking system then. And, <coughs> and it was a good dog. She had fifty strike. I think Trader had maybe a hundred, and they all took minus. That was the only thing. The only thing on the scorecard. Wow. And uh, I was win. I was one my cast. Uh, uh, we was in a three dog semi and um one dog got scratched for fighting a big male dog out of new york left me and um everett king everett king was hunting a little blue to english female and um it got down to just me and him so we were we were going to be happy either way and um we uh we didn't see no coons uh i went on a circle tree hmm. a couple of circle trees yeah, but Mark didn't want to draw that little pile of cash. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, looking forward to it. Try, trying to dodge you. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been that still would have been in the '80s. Uh, that was in '93, was it? Uh, yeah, that year was '93. Yes, yeah, Snake was beginning to get some age on him, and Trader was a little younger, I think. I I, I can't remember. They might have been about the same age, but that was in '93. Was there anything in between? Uh, I know Willie didn't come along until after 2000, is that correct? Around 2000 or so. Um, is there anything in between Trader and Willie? No, I backed up from coon hunting during a lot there. We had some dogs, um, different dogs. We had a little female called Sugar Treat Trey. Now, Trey was directly out of Lipper. Um, she was very special. Uh, kind of a medium-nosed little dog, real high, high-pitched tree dog. I mean, she was she was she could she could turn on show make it put on show for you. Uh, Dad hunted her a lot um, in the hunt. She was a, ended up being a platinum champion. Her biggest win. They only had this hunt one year, and I love the pro, uh, setup of it. At the time, it was the uh, Pro Plan Grant Pro Plan Grand, wasn't it? Yeah. And you had to it was set up like regionals, and you had to go in and get qualified. And uh, we had qualified her and another dog for a had a good payback i think he paid twenty thousand twelve thousand dad won second down there in it it was a quite a bit it was a real show they had it the finals in uh covington that year that year was well, the only year they had it and we we had two qualified for it dad had that cast uh pretty well thought he had it pretty well sewed up you want to tell him about it georgia majors and bandit won it and he was a coon dog Trust me, he was a real hound. Heard. You remember that cast? Yeah, I remember. It was a, it was a good cast. Uh, we traded several kinds, but uh, right at the last, the major dog hit off track and left. And uh, Trey just drive trade that night. And. Uh, what, what was that guy's name, guy? Uh, it wasn't Baskins, was James, it? James Baskins. Yeah. Baskins walked over and he said, back, you got him, said he'll never make it back. <laughs> we walked out there, standing there waiting five minutes. Fifteen seconds before the five was up, he went on the tree with it. Mm. We went down there and she had to come. But he, he had, he beat me. Had it won. He, he was in on first strike. 
Yeah, yeah, it's our strike. We had a minute talk. And uh, I told Judd, I said, let's turn them loose. And he said, you gonna make me turn loose for a minute. I said, I'm not making nobody turn loose. I said, I'm gonna turn loose. So I hooked my. She got out there about 100 yards. It's over. Mm -hmm. Trey could tear a coon in 20 yards. I mean, she just come on him. And, but he beat me. Yep. But I hated after I did that because it took him a long time to get his dog. Everything. Yeah. Uh, you're you're in that kind of situation. You never know. I'd, yeah. I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. When you got that kind of money on the line, it's, yeah. anybody. He'd have, he'd have he, made you do the same thing. He would have done the same thing. I promise you. He would have. But, like I say, I've had a lot. Of, well, I a lot of people had dogs, three coons in a minute. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I had a guy tell me one time a dog couldn't trick in a minute. Mm. I saw it a bunch. I says, Well, I says, how far you think he can be in a minute when you turn him loose? He said, Well, probably five, six hundred yards. I said, you tell me your dog can't trip a coon in 500 yards. <laughs> and of course, being a handler, you're going to be ready. Right. <laughs> Waiting on you're the bark. You're going to be on your toes. I trade a crime before the man was up at 12, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, several times. Yeah. I had some good haunts in my life. I guess I hunted on them, what, 30 years? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I never brought in a question. That's that's true. That's a true statement there, and I was going to mention that he. I've never seen him. He never brought in a question, and it was the oddest thing one night. I forget where we was, but somebody in a cast brought a question in, and the only cast only cast I ever seen him on that had a question, and they brought it back, and he had said on the uh, tell his side of the story, and I thought that was the most oddest thing I'd ever seen. He never <laughs> had a question in all those years. Mm. Never wrote in a question. I never. Uh, a lot of hunters out there, you know, they do things to beat the other influence the judges and all that crap, but I never did do that. Yeah. It's best just to let the dogs do it. If you got a coon dog, you don't have to. Right. I agree. I'm a firm believer in just calling the dog for what it does and everything else is going to fall into place. Yeah. I've seen people question stuff to beat other people, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the panel go along with them. And you got some people to bring a question in every, every cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm into politics now, local politics, and I, I made mention of this at the youth national world when we were speaking that. There's so there's a lot of relation between politics and two hour two hour cast. Mm -hmm. uh, you you there there is you got it. It's it, it learned learned me a lot that the sport of coon hunting <clears throat> and the competition hunting how to deal with people how to deal with situations how to you know work with people uh, stand up for yourself. Uh, it was uh, it's ta it taught me a lot in in the political world. It will it's. I've had three kids, and every one of them started hunting early. I had a daughter, she 
started hunting when she was four or five years old. Which I towed them all across the street. <laughs> they didn't they didn't keep hunting later on, the other two? My older son, he uh quit. Uh and Lisa, my daughter, when she got married, she kinda she moved off. She'd still go. She won the ladies' hunt at St. Jude. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was her big event. She would uh, always, she'd now, she'd hound us to get prepared. Yeah, I see a lot of, <laughs> uh, there's several trophies over here. It says St. Jude yeah. on it. So. <laughs> yeah. Won it with a dog. She was going to hunt a female. I don't remember what, what but she come in heat. I had another dog here, and I told her, I said, this year ain't going to be able to hunt. The female, I forget what dog was. Had it on Thursday night, Wednesday night. And uh, I said, let's go over here and let you listen to this dog. We went over there, and she listened to him. First time she ever been with Went down there and won. Mm. Yoder Nylon has long been known for producing the highest quality briar-proof products on the market. Now they've formed a partnership with Razor Hunting Gear to produce all of Razor's new hunting products. Razor has a wide selection of products from competition belts, chest rigs, strap vests, to hunting jackets. These products look as well as they perform. Razor Hunting Gear, designed by coon hunters for coon hunters. Razor Hunting Gear's newest products are now available for order. You can find a link in the description box below. Yeah, right there. I guess that's their trophy. First place, ladies. Yeah, ladies that's it. That's, that's the year she was. Yep. Yeah. 1998. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of trophies in here. I'm, I'm sure we could go on for hours and hours talking about. Yeah, I can tell you a lot of them, or he can tell you about all of them. <laughs> that, uh, that one over there, the biggest one, I think that's it. 93? No, no, that wasn't it. That's a... Uh, I'd have to go over there and see what trophy that is. It's got a, it's a PKC trophy. Okay, that's when, uh, I guess that's, I want, that's trophy I won, uh, when I won, come in and won the, uh, Reserve World at the, with Snake. Okay. The Walker Sa- Association that year gave me that trophy for being the high scoring Walker male. And there's one back there in the corner. I'll never forget that night. It was Mid-South Championship. It's the tallest one back there in the back. Um, Dad was hunting a little English dog called Rowdy, a real, real, real coon dog. He was the type of dog uh, you could hunt all winter long. If you walked to two or three slick trees in a, in that during that time, you treat 30, 40 coon, you know, or whatever you treat. But he, little dude never missed hardly. And um, he won that one at the Mid-South Championship. That's, that was one of the big hunts back in the, back in the day. He won... Uh, he won it with uh, with Rowdy. It's uh, just of course I wasn't around back then, but it's it's changed so much since since then. I, and I wish it just listening. I, I wish it was it was still the way it was back then. I mean, you can go now and win fifty, sixty thousand dollars in a weekend, and, that, and that's all fine and dandy. But 
I don't know, just the prestige to me is not there like it used to yeah. be. And they talk about Saturday of the world hunt. There'd still be hundreds of people there. There would be. And sit around and congratulate you. I judged the final round this year, and there wasn't 10 people there yeah, Saturday. That, to me, that, that that ain't right. I'd, I wish it was still in Kentucky. I wish it was... Um, I wish it was like it was back then, but everybody's chasing the dollar now. That, that's what it is, and like you, yeah, I agree with you. The night I won, won the world hunt, I can still that the crowd. It was in Mayfield, and that building was packed full, mm-hmm. waiting on it to come back. And of course, you didn't have any type of radio in back or anything. Nobody knew anything. Dad that told me that day. He said, uh, "I never much wear a cap, but." Uh, he asked me that day, was I going to wear a cap? And I told him, well, no. But he asked me, he said, well, when you, if you win it, when you come in the door, just have your cap on. And I said, all right, I'll do that. Well, I got thinking, I, uh-uh. after I won it on the way back, we'd hunted in Paducah, so we had a good long while to drive back. And, of course, you know, here I am, just won the biggest hunt of my life and won't never, probably won't never be there again, I, you know, young, and I was on top of the world. And I got thinking, I'm not going to wear that cap. I'm going to tip him off. <laughs> Put a little, let that suspense ride just a little bit longer. Right. I'll never, again, Jarvis had us all walk into together, and and my mom and everybody was there, and uh, sister, and everybody went walk in the back door. Mom told me one time, said, Dad, I said, well, he didn't win because I didn't have my hat on uh, and uh, our cap. And uh, which I walked over there to it with, I think I had it in my hand and I walked up to him, put it on my head and asked him, do you want my hat? <laughs> he said, you win. I nodded. Of course, I didn't want nobody else around because Jarvis is going to count them down from fourth to first. And, and all. Mike Harper, Mike had worked for Joy Dog Food during the youth and we've come close friends with fans, you know, loved, loved him to death. And he, he was standing there beside dad and I heard him whisper when I turned around, did he win? And, of course, you know, like I said, those moments like that with your crowd and everybody. And you remember also the guys that didn't come up and graduate age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some really good people in coon hunting, but there's also a lot of jealous yeah, people I, in coon I, hunting, I, too. I, I got a friend, I, I, I think I call him now, and he'd come up and, and do anything for me. I'd go up there, and he'd from up north, and, and I'll never forget. I saw him walk away from me. And, you know, those things stick in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and anyway that's that's part of it though yep. that's part of it but what about i'm sure you got plenty of stories from these trophies mcneil just uh, pick one out and uh just one that kind of sticks sticks in your mind a little bit and that you can remember and tell us about it see that ribbon hanging right john yes sir that's the first number one you say that was in 65? 64. 64. Uh, I went to Perry County and we drawed out and had a good hunt. I was hunting a sport dog, first dog ever on. And uh, we treated some cones. And the last time sport treated, we got in there and he treated up an old house old log house and uh, we went in and the cones were lined up on a log and uh, Judge Plus but, but there's one guy in the cast 
that morning time, he raised all kinds of things. <laughs> he said, it's supposed to be up a tree. That just always said, it don't have to be up a tree. Right. To plus it. But anyway, he went in and went on plus and I wanted a cat. And we got back to the club, that guy walked up to me and he said, I'll tell you what, he said, you meet me over here on Buffalo River one night. He said, you won't beat me. I said, I don't hunt on Buffalo River. <laughs> but I, I do. I do. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. That's, that's nearly 60 years. If, is that correct? About 58 60, years? 1964. 58 years. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I probably won mine and my first one in 20. 10 or 11 and I promise you I don't I don't have a clue where my trophies are that's that that means a lot right there that you've kept up with it for almost 60 years I started saw me in 1965 and uh, I come in a lot of mornings put my boots off and put my shoes on that's I work all day until yeah. that night mm-hmm Life of a coon hunter. Do uh, you still run it? Yeah. The sawmill? Yeah. How old are you, Mac? 84. 84. I hope I'm still getting up and going at that age. It's... Yeah, I still. We went hunting. I still hunt. I just quit the competition hunting. It, well, I could still hunt on them, but the way they got it now, Using all them garments and cell phones and stuff, I probably wouldn't have a real good chance. <laughs> <laughs> they they've took a lot of the handling out of it. I will I will agree to that. You know right where your dog's at, what he's doing at all times. Yeah, I think it's the worst thing I've ever done myself. Which they like it, but yep. and it's all right with me because I ain't hunting on them no way. Right. I mean, I think it's it's safer now that you can you know where your dog's at um, at all times, but it takes a lot of the handling out. I mean, if you don't know where it's at, you can, you can pitch him or you can tend to walk the cast toward him or, or something if they get out of pocket. It's It's got its advantages and, and disadvantages, I believe, but mm -hmm. that's just like anything. That was the biggest argument, this safety factor, mm -hmm. when they was trying to get them passed. You know, dog gets near a road or posted land or something like that or dangerous situation you could get to them quicker so but that's that's the game they play talking about the trader dog I was hunting down Mississippi one night he got treed right at the end of the hunt and uh, the hunt right out God told us that we can drive around to that dog. So we drove around. And uh, we got around now that a road went kind of towards him. But they was houses everywhere. I mean, dead. And that guy didn't much want to go in there. And uh, I said, well, we go to the clubhouse and I'll come back in daylight. So 
Was you with me that day? I don't guess it was. Somebody was with me back there. Anyway, I waited the daylight and went back out there and I stopped at the first house and told him what I was doing. And he said, you go on back there and if any of them says anything to you, tell them to come talk to me. Well, I drove to a dead end. There's an old lady sitting on the porch. And I got out and told her what I was going to do. She said, bring me the coon. She said, I've been wanting the coon a long time. <laughs> I said, baby, we're on a hunt. I said, I ain't even got a gun. She said, well, I'd sure like to have a coon. <laughs> so, anyway, he's still sitting back we went in there and he's treated up a big old cypress den. And, uh, but he stayed probably six hours. Mm. So, and would have stayed six more if I hadn't got him because he just wouldn't leave. Uh, no, rock on a little bit. Uh, I guess bring us up to, to Willie, how he come about. Okay, uh, Willie, um, which we own the Flat Rock Bones dog. Uh, F- Bones, was, Ronnie Nickens had started him and sold him. Uh, he moved around. Um, Hoss gained us again, Dad and Hoss home probably, I don't know how many dogs together. And um, Hoss had him and um, ended up with him, and he was a good hound. He, if any dog that deserved to win more in a cast, it would have been Bones that – unluckiest dog you know he wasn't even a night ukc night champion i mean he just they never really pushed him hoss didn't in the hunts but he he was a good good hound good track dog uh just an impressive tree dog uh but he if he was a i guess he was a professional loser (laughs) but bones would breed um he would throw some dogs um, every litter I've seen Bones bred to. Uh, Luck had had one. The Maximum Max dog uh, was out of him. Tim Kramer had bred a female he'd won the uh, a truck hunt with one year to Bones. And we got Maximum Max and some other good dogs out of that litter. But every litter that I'd ever seen bred came out of Bones. Something in that litter came out special. Uh, might not have won every, every hunt they won, but they were they were good hounds. And uh, uh, Wayne, uh, oh, there you go again. I'm forgetting the names. Over in Linden had a female out of uh, uh, out of the last litter that Zeb had. And uh, he was going to breed her to a dog and uh, ended up, uh, I won't go into much detail here, but ended up the dog wasn't, couldn't breed or something. So we bred her to Bones. And so that was line bred coma. Grandpa, Coma Bones was directly out of Coma, and the female was directly out of uh, uh, Zeb. So, and that litter was special. That's dog we had claw out of. Uh, me and Dad had a little young dog out of. Uh, you remember we bought him as a pup, a little Jed dog. He was he was a super nice dog and got some type of disease real quick and died. Um, uh, Wayne Coates. Uh, and he had a dog that ended up moving, uh, selling pretty big money out in, in Oklahoma, one Oklahoma State hunts and some things out there. So um, 
Peanut Scott and I was uh, he had uh, bought a in on a female him and Avery Bell uh, uh, Willie's mama had went to the NKC World Hunt in in Harriet Ohio and Annie came in heat and I was hunting a little tray female and I got in the final four with her up there and uh, of course you, up there at that hunt. <clears throat> You needed about two or three assault rifles. <laughs> it wasn't professionally done. They were, they was, uh, Jeff Rickless was up there, and I think he got kicked out of a camper and stuff. It's a long story, so Jeff, I'll tell you that one. But uh, it was a, uh, so we was, I was halfway scared to even go out. But anyway, Trey was clicking that weekend. I got into fourth, and things just didn't go, uh, to final four and ended up fourth. Things didn't go my way. And, um, but anyway, um, but Annie, Willie's mama, come in heat up there at, at that hunt. And uh, he'd hunted her a couple rounds, didn't do any good, probably couldn't have finished. You know, she was just coming in heat, so mm-hmm. he wasn't, she wasn't, you know, attracting anything at the time. And, and uh, Peanut was talking all weekend about what he's going to breed to. He was leaning in the hardwood Henry at the time. Henry was winning big, uh, didn't know what to breed to. And me and him was traveling back, and we get to Parsons, right outside of Parsons when he passed the high school. And I, I mentioned to Peanut, and I said, uh, I said, you know, if she was mine, what I'd breed her to? And he looked, and he said, what? And I said, moose. And I said, Avery's got a free breeding. He had bred a female the moose didn't take. He had a free breeding. And... Um, I mentioned that to him because I'd seen how that line breeding lined up with that litter. Um, you could just, I mean, I, I figured that line breeding was work, would, would work with that, that litter. Um, and we'd just come out of a conversation. Uh, Peanut didn't get to uh, hunt Annie the second round because she was maybe a hunter and got beat or something, but he pleasure hunted with a guy up there that was in, pretty heavy involved with the uh, clover dogs. And they told how they bred them clover dogs to keep that gene pool tight. Mm-hmm. They they done a lot of close breeding. And um, I remember talking to the guy, I forget get his name, but anyway, he was telling us all about the history of the clover dogs. And that's, you know, and I hope, I, I felt like that was one of the things got the conversation started about breeding Annie to moose. And that's, of course, that litter came out, Willie, Peaches, um, the whole litter done well, very well. Um, at the time, one of the, probably the biggest winning litters that there was, probably some now with bigger purses and stuff. But Willie was a special hound. Uh, Peanut trained him, raised him um, from, a, from a baby. Uh, I'd hunted with Willie a couple of times, seen him look good, but but nothing real made me just want him, you know, mouth-watered. I, we had good dogs, too, and could, could compete with him. But we, uh, Peanut and I went to, um, uh, I used to have a three-night open hunt at Hardin, Kentucky. And it was cold, uh, leaves were off, and Peanut went up there, and there were several good big-time pups at the time. That was winning. I could go through, I can name some of them right now, but I won't. But Peanut drew, in three nights, drew every one of those top pups and just beat them, beat them bad. Only dog trained two or three coons in a cast, and I mean, the condition was harsh. And that just stayed on my mind. And Peanut was working for me at the time. Uh, I'd split off, and we was in the sawmill business. We'd run, I was running a pallet operation. Peanut was working at the time. Before I got to I 40, I picked up the phone, called him, asked him if he'd sell, sell him. And of course, he wouldn't. I said, What about half? And I didn't even tell Dad I was thinking about buying him. And I uh, figured he taught me 
it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, he come. He said, "Let me think about it." And on Monday morning, I bought half of it, and um, he he was he started winning, and I wanted part of him because he won. He was a good hound. Uh, and second, he went back to bones, and Hoss had bones, and later we was partners on him. I ran him for stud for a little bit, and you know, so I had a hand. Uh, matter of fact, we had him when he died, so. Um, so that was kind of a lineage there. And Bones' grandmother was, uh, or Bones' mother was, let her make sister, who was Silver Dollar Cracker. So, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of history there for Bones, and I wanted part of Willie, and and uh, he done very well for himself, very well. He won, I know, one truck. He went two trucks or just one? He won two, back-to-back. Peanut handled him both, um, both trucks. He handled him. Um, then you had a handler ticket and a pup ticket mm-hmm. and he he won two back to back within 30 days wow there's not yeah. many it's done. i think maybe sunrise done that and then maybe did zeb didn't do it but did moose they no, moose won them years apart won, yeah twice they were years apart i though. can't remember but they several dogs out of that wipeout because heck we you know it's a joke you know wipe out motors there for a right, while right. i know elmo and moose and willie and i think zeb maybe won the very first one Is zeb that right? i think did win the first one yeah and so it was a it was a it was a great run for a long time for him, and um, so that's that's how Willie became you know he here local and I just got interested in him and and with us working kind of together you know we had some some options there to put him out there right um, to run him you know I would. If Peanut needed to be off weekend to run him, we we run him. We run him for pup, pup tickets and stuff, dog to handler tickets and stuff. So we had a pretty good thing going there for a while. Worked out pretty good for him. He won those two trucks. He he was junior uh, super states champion, uh, reserve champion. He won second. Um, he's a real hound. Um, he's a real hound. Dominating type dog. Uh, first strike, first tree. Uh, you look for a coon when you went to him. Uh, of course, he had some some faults, like like all of them did have. I don't know. In the last ten years, they may have fixed all the faults in them, but <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but he was a he was a real dominating type hound. I was there for for many years, especially in this country. Them, them wipeout dogs just they were they were just dominating. Yeah. Um, I don't just you go and look at all the wipeout dogs that just from Zeb all the way to now it's right I'd, I'd like to have every dollar they've won throughout yeah. the years yeah, I'd retire right now you know they were just dogs that got struck quick hunted hard you know um you know sometimes the hunt I said hunted hard we've had some good hunting dogs out of them uh, uh, sometimes they get lazy on you will it get lazy on you at times um but um they was accurate they they knew you know most of them i seen had to have a track you know uh ones we've had needed a track willie needed a track to run he wasn't no good layup dog at all i didn't think uh but he he was he was very you'd go to 18 20 trees in a row you'd have coon right you don't see very many wipeout dogs that's a layup dog and i don't know where he got it from i have one he's off zeb three you know I think his mom, mom's off stylish coma, and 
uh, I don't know what her mother goes back to. Yeah. He's he's a real good layup dog. He trees a lot of them right now that's laid up in, in these trees, and you don't see that. But he don't say nothing on the ground. Just, really, just falls trees. Yeah. And I know I think Zeb three had to have a track. He was he was a runner, and especially yeah. Zeb again. But uh, he's he trees a lot of these these coons that's laid up. I can't catch a break with him. He trees a lot of coons. Probably the biggest coon trigger that I've ever had. But I cannot catch a break. He's won like twenty five, thirty thousand PKC. Really? Yeah, I, I bought him recently, and he's doing real good. But I just can't catch a break yeah. with him. Yeah. I, I think leaves fall off. Um, I think I'll, I'll catch a break with him, and, and I hope to do a little bit more winning with him. But yeah. especially, we'd had a that was the second dog moose. I like. I didn't ever get to hunt with moose, and we you know um, never hunted with him. Loved his looks. Um, you know, when he was young and stuff, he was stout, big, built, stout, you know, mule type horse, racehorse. He was just, he was a good looking hound. And, and we owned the animal female. Um, she, uh, I'd won the pro championship with her in, uh, 06. Uh, we, we'd bought her and, uh, had a partner down in South Carolina, Jason McCutcheon. Um, uh, he'd hunt her in the wintertime. And uh, I'd hunt her in the summertime, and she was uh, she was real. Now she was not typical wipeout though. She was uh, she was probably a third strike dog, hunted close. You know she she was she was very special though. Well, both of y'all, I, I like to ask something like this before before we get off. Uh, both of y'all hunted a lot of hunts and with a lot of dogs throughout the years. What's uh, other than your own? What's a couple of dogs that's, that's really stood out? Uh, that, that, that's always stood out in your mind that, that you've drawn out with or hunted with or hmm. that's a good one you remember one McNeil that was hunted with yeah just hunted with or drew out with in a hunt that was just that you thought was just a, a real dominating dog that wasn't something that wasn't your own that bugger dog that was that's what Rodney Greaves booger yeah. that's what he called him <laughs> that yeah that was in the fi- he, that's the dog that was in the final Three yeah. of the world, huh? Uh, if he treated, he was gambling on Duke not having a crown. If he treated Booger, he would have won the hunt. He had a crown tree right there by us. And uh, he's gambling. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't know why he didn't treat Booger. I don't believe the dog would have. I don't believe he's scared him leaving or nothing, but I often all dog, all three dogs were treated when the hunt run out. I had Tom treated deep, and Booger to the left, and Duke was kind of in front of us. Well, when we started to uh, Duke, Rodney just walked out there and got Booger. Rodney. Rodney Green. Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. Just walked out there and got him. He didn't treat him. And we went on in there. And when we got to where uh, Duke was at, I couldn't hear Tom. We were down in a swag. And they all listened. I told Roy when I treated him, Roy Tom, I said, Roy Tom's deeper than Duke. And uh, I walked in here, 
and I was going Duke's coming and got back up there hundred yards from Cherry. I stopped and I could hear Tom Cherry. And uh, we drove around he had a kind of, mm. if we could have heard him at Duke's tree, I would have won it. And if Rodney trade hit Booger, he would have won. So mm. I mean it Iron Dog could have won it. I like him coming down to, to the wire like that. Yeah, yeah that guy walk with me and I get Tom O'Connor land on the first floor. <laughs> mm. He said, I've never seen a man have such bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> Come walk along with me for a little while. You'll see another one. <laughs> I'd use trade. And we all heard him when I treated him. I made sure Roy heard him. He said, yeah, I hit the dog. I made a mistake. I should have went back to war trading. Right. But I did. That was my mistake. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Tom could get so deep so quick, though. I, re- I remember him being in a final cast one night on an open hunt. They hunted it off. I was spectating. Dad was hunting. And me and him sitting there. We was on a hillside up there around Gary Bottoms. And Tom got in there so deep. I was sitting there thinking it was a frog croaking. And uh, another little dog had a real high-pitched mouth treed, and as soon as that dog treed, it was just like a light flipped on. That's been Tom all the time. Me and him both <laughs> sitting there mm. listening to him and didn't know it was him. He got in there so fast. But I don't know. I could sit here and think of several. Uh, I mean, these been dogs just impressed me. You know, knew what I had at the end of the leash. You know, knew, and of course, you hunt them, you know, they're weak points, if you be honest with yourself. Um, of course, Coma, and Dad seen him too. Coma was a special hound. He could, he he was a, he was just, he was special. I drew Coma five times. He beat me twice. I beat him twice, and the other was Snake. And, um, matter of fact, I drew him on a Friday night the, the year I come, come in second at the World. And, and won that cast uh, and moved on. Um, but you always worried about him. He, he was a dominant hound, dominant. Um, you know, a dog that really always, English dog, stuck out in my mind that I hunted with uh, several times back when he was winning. It was um, Leroy Gamble. He was from Murray. A lot of, a lot of you older guys would know him, Leroy. Uh, I think he play, placed in the final four twice of the PKC World Hunt. An uh, English dog called Hillbilly Mike. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkeys Outdoors, houndsmen, helping houndsmen. Mike was um, probably, he was one of the top, 10 coon dogs I ever hunted with. I drew him about five or six times. I don't think I ever beat him with snake. He uh, he could trail a coon that 
no other dogs. I've heard, you know, you can read about it that no other dog can smell. Right. I've seen him do it more than one time. Uh, that's a very impressive dog. Um, I've been with some good ones. Uh, some that, you know, that very special stuck out in my mind that you wish you had and might have could have bought before they started doing their winning and stuff. And but um, you couldn't couldn't get a hold of them. Had thought you had one just as good as they did. But but uh, like I said, Dad and Dad's always kept a dog on this hill, um, a tree cones, um, and could compete with just about anything on any given night. So. But, you know, just right off top, that's two. Uh, never got to hunt with, I know you did a interview with uh, uh, Howard Edwards. Harold Edwards. Harold, Harold mm-hmm. Edwards and, yep. and Dwayne about Clyde. Avery and them had Clyde. I only hunted with him once, twice. Uh, he was he was a, he was a get through, <laughs> and that's what I seen out of him. Right. Good tree dog. I remember we hunted on the river one night here, and, we hunted weekend, and he was part. Uh, we I think we treed. I think I, it was twenty something coon we treed in three nights with um, on a refuge down here, and we never had a dog in the same tree. And I didn't think you'd ever do it in Decatur County. And it seemed like we got more coon now than we did then. And uh, Clyde was in that group group of dogs, and I've seen him. Um, I don't know many more i mean i could sit here and think of a bunch i drew on a weekend that just dominated me and had a special place of course you know back then dad and hoss Gainus and and tam they was they were you know i guess i i, I would think the next generation would be your, your bell boys and Kitties and Ferguson and, and me, right. younger guys that come up. And, you know, everybody was competitive, um, trying to win. Clay, Clay's always had a good dog. Clay and Tam's always had good dogs. They've always been good dogs right around here. Mm-hmm. You had a harder time beating these dogs, getting to the big hunts than you did at the big hunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you could win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could win an open hunt around here, you could compete with anybody. I mean, you would go to a open hunt where they'd be 16, 20 dogs, and and you subject draw four to four platinum champions. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure you've already heard that in other yep. uh, podcasts, but uh, that's that's true. I mean, you had, <laughs> and let me tell you something. It wasn't only the dogs. You had top-notch handlers, too, <laughs> that you had. It, it was, And I, I think that's what got those competitive juices flowing in you. You know, you knew you could draw and have, have, to, have to compete. Right. Um, never do a moment. I've heard. lost a lot of cast, but I have never had a dog that just wiped me plumb out. You know, the cast would always be closed. Any mm-hmm. back wing. And uh, but first, what I, what I like about a dog is independent dog, and that is the world hunt that night is all treated the same time, separate. Could have been anybody's hunt, you know. Yeah, we did were good dogs. I like a dog get to sale. 
I don't like pack dogs. See this dog you got out here? He's off Willie. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? He's independent. Is he? More, more independent than Willie was. He's, pr he's probably, and I've not hunted a lot with him, but I tell, I've sat in the truck and heard him do stuff. And for, I think he's probably one of the biggest independent dogs we've ever had. Now, he don't, he does not cover Willie. He, and Jake Bryce's hunting a dog, he's good hound. Uh, we've been on, we've made six trees. And they ain't been together yet. Really? I like old Jake. I, I spent two or three hours on the phone with him yesterday. I was riding around at work, and he was he was doing something at work. And we'll call each other every few weeks, and we'll sit there and and talk for for, for a couple of hours. And I, mean, I won't hear from him again for another two or three weeks. Oh, Jake. Jake. I like old Jake. He's he's as good as they come. Yeah. That preacher dog, he's on. Boy, that's good dog. He is. I, I, I've been telling him for a while. It's as good as young dog as there is in this in this country. Jake hunts uh, hunted dogs for us for a while. Her dad, him and dad, uh, I'd bought a little dog called Skid. Uh, bought him out of Ohio, Josh. Um, I'd owned a dog, bought a dog um, um, out of Willie called Slim Willie. As a matter of fact, I, I think it was the first wipeout hunt. He won it. Mm -hmm. Um he was a real hound, and um, I had an opportunity to buy him, buy into him. Didn't didn't own all of him, and and uh, he won third at the AKC World Hunt one year, and, uh, and uh, he was a good hound. And uh, but in that course, of that relationship with uh, Joe Gross and Josh Forsey, um, I called Josh one day, and we was talking. And I said, "Is there anything winning? Super State was coming up, you know, young." And he said, "These old guy had a dog up there." And, we ended up buying him. I bought him, I think, in March, and didn't even get to see him. Didn't even lay eyes on him until, until uh, uh, breeder showcase in in July. But he was a uh, uh, Jake hunted him. So called, we called him Super Skid. Um, he was a real, real, real little hound. Jake won second at the World Hunt. And I forget what year. It's bad when he won World Championships or placed in the World Hunt. Can't remember the year, but I think it was '09, wasn't it? I think it was nine. He won, uh, but uh, he was he was uh, he was on. He could he could be impressive. Jake hunted dog for us several years. Yeah, yeah. He liked this kid though. He hard to handle. But. Oh, he was hard to handle. He come out to Arkansas. We we played here hundred night or two back this past winter. Um, that about a preacher man. That's a that's a real good real good young dog. Jake's a good handler and a good dog man. I think his granddaddy was a good dog man as well. Is it? Was it in Roy? Yeah. Roy. Yeah. Yeah. Roy had a little female one time called Millie, out of Hillbilly Mac, and uh, he he placed her high as I think he ended up ninth at the ACHA World Hunt down in Mississippi one year. Well, I guess we'll start winding down here. Um, uh, Mike, is there anything you kind of want to? say for we well i appreciate you it's an honor to do this i know um i've been listening to a few of your podcasts and and um i didn't 
I'm not a podcast guy. I travel quite a bit moving around. I got listening to them, but caught myself listening to them more and more. So I appreciate you doing this. And then it's honors to hear my dad, of course. You know, I uh, feel like we got a great legacy. Um, uh, as he mentioned earlier, um, he never never brought in a question. I think that's that's testament to who he is. And and uh, I brought in a few questions. I was a competitor, <laughs> but I've never been barred or anything like that. Now we always played the game straight. And um, and you know when you win, you can you you know what you won, and right. that means a lot to us. And you know we hunted PKC. I know Dad's got a lot of trophies here that plaques and stuff that. Uh, uh, we didn't hunt trophy hunts for a long time. We knew that we could not go to the Grand American Autumn Oaks or somewhere like that, score 14, 15, 1600 points. We won, we've always felt PKC was the right method, and I think it's proven over time the right format to have the, you know, to get the true winner. You, you're hunting a cast in a zoo, and I'm hunting one in a desert. You know, uh, sooner or later in PKC format, we're going to hunt together. Right. And the best dog, I feel like, wins that cast. A lot of people in the um, old days, different kennel clubs always talked about uh, PKC where your dog don't tree a coon. Well, you know, a lot of them didn't tree one either. A lot, a lot of them was put on the card. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's just what a man wants to do and enjoy in life. Uh, but... Um, of course, Jarvis has been very special to us, um, always supported us. And we always supported him, Roy, you know, um, Tramble, and those guys that, that are gone now, but you still remember the hunts, and they judge you, and good and bad. You know, they made bad calls, just like we would if we was on there. But, you know, you remember those special times and years that goes by. And like I said, I'm not hunting now. Uh, my duties as, as county mayor takes a lot of my time. And uh, I, I hope someday get back into it. Probably I don't know, but I read and I still read and I listen and and still enjoy the other guys winning just as much as I did and seeing the guys, local guys like Jake Brasher and Billy and, and local guys winning too. And Tracy just want to reserve at the World Hunt. You're proud for them because they they earn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine in, nine out. They're out here hunting, and, and that's what it takes. It takes a lot of hard work, time away from your families, and. Uh, well, you're a coon hunter. You know exactly, and whoever's listening out there knows exactly what. If you have a winner, if you have a top good dog, you're going to put spend a lot of time in the woods with him away from your families. And and uh, we, we've been blessed. Blessed. I've been blessed in life uh, to enjoy a sport like this and life in general. I've, I can't complain about anything. What about you, McNeil? Uh, is there anything you'd like to say before? Yeah, I guess by what he said there, proud I've stayed able to do what I've done and hunt on them hunts, you know. Right. We're right on a long time. I figured up how many states we hunted in. Did I ever tell you? Mm-mm. I forgot. It's a bunch. It's a bunch I of states over years. 25. Best I remember. That's a lot. States we've hunted in. Right. That's a lot. Or out three trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than that. Or sold them before we wore them out. Right. <laughs> Traded for a new one. Mm. Dad's always had a hunting buddy. I can't do this podcast without mentioning him. 
if he ever hears it, he'd be <laughs> probably upset. Wayne King, Dad and Wayne, are you talking about hunting buddies? They're typical. They're what you would think hunting buddies should be. Wayne lives in Lexington, and he would they would deer hunt together in the daytime. Wayne might go home, or he might stay and coon hunt. <laughs> you know, we've we've had some real real pleasure hunts uh, with him. Wayne's hunted competition some but not to the level we we did but he was you know in the final cast he he would always he'd be the first one you'd call if he wasn't there always want to know who won or what you done so and wayne's always had some good dogs a lot of finley river his son steve king now uh still breeding a lot of finley river hounds got some good dogs um still got that finley river look to them that big chucky head good mouth hound dog looking type dog so wayne's been very special with me and dad both and, and uh looking forward we went last winter one night together down in dyersburg so looking to repeat that steve called me the other night want to get everybody together and go another night so we'll have to do that before it gets too cold yeah well that's something else i like to ask uh you've, you've been hunting nearly all you like you're 84 years old what kept that fire burning for all these years that makes you just want to keep on going what's 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 had that drive well i guess it's just in my blood my granddaddy was a big fox hunter he had fox dogs tell him about the time he was in church <laughs> Yeah, my granddaddy was in church one Sunday morning, and there's two foxhounds come across running, and he jumped up and hollered at me. <laughs> he thought what he'd done, he started praying. So <laughs> he turned it into a shout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Mm. True story. Mm. <laughs> Well, I figured he's about like me, or I'm about like him. He, uh, like I say, I've come in a many mornings and pull my heel boots off, put on my shoes, go to work. But I hunted uh, several years to help make a living, uh, training young dogs, selling them. I've trained them. A lot of young dogs and so made a living. Mm -hmm. and, uh, back in the 60s was a pretty hard way to go. There wasn't a lot of money back then. Right. Uh, some few had money, but we didn't. And, uh, most coons I ever shot out in my life, I don't shoot out coons. I gotta leave them and shoot them. Highs got high. And uh, I shot out a hundred cones one winter. That blue dog right there. First dog ever on. Most cones I've shot out, I ain't shot out that many since then. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. We don't. And uh, we shot out a lot. Highs got high, and I made some money. I was running a chainsaw for five dollars a day, and I could make twenty that night, maybe more. But I never did quit running the chainsaw. That guy would give me five dollars a day. 
which I've done it for a living now. Right. I started out doing it for a living. And we got competition on and it's just, I couldn't wait till Saturday night. Mm. I'm the same way. It's it gets in your blood. It's it's hard to ever yeah. get out. There's a boy come here one day and he looked all around here and he smacked said, How in the world do you ever do this? He said, Is this all you ever done? I said, No, I don't saw me. <laughs> and uh, he said, I don't see how you've done it. I said, There's two things you gotta have. Is a good woman and a good dog. And he said, Well, I ain't got neither one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that. (laughs) That's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, uh, I've enjoyed life. I've enjoyed coon hunting. I lost my wife, and uh, if I had to do over, I wouldn't have done what I'd done. Talk about staying out so many nights, or? Yeah. I'd been a home boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she might not have liked that, that. You don't think about it, it's too, too late. She went with me one hot. That's all it took. We had a bad heart. <laughs> <laughs> we got this blue. That's the last time she went with me. Mm. But she sported me years and years. That's what it takes. And, and not just your wife. you got to have friends and family that, that stands behind you and yeah. supports you. You won't ever make it. Yeah. Her dad was, uh, like I said, they were raised right there in e- around Elaine and just lived across the levee. He showed me places where the old house place used to be. And, and um, that refuge night after night. It's heaven over there, is it not? Yeah. I lived over about two years. It's right across the levee from the reserve. Yeah. One year we went, we went back and... Uh, we went over there and had a real hunt, of course, two or three nights, and we was talking about going back the weekend. I meant, made mention that uh, it closed, like, on that Sunday. And uh, Mom spoke up and said, no, it, 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 you stay open a lot longer. And we kept back and forth, and Dad was they, – they didn't get in an argument. They, they were just discussing it, and, and uh, Dad said, no, it closes. It only stays open so-and-so and so-and-so. And she said, uh, well, Daddy hunted it all year long. <laughs> <laughs> Dad spoke up and said, Frankie hunted it all year long, but nobody else does. <laughs> so he did, but, you know, they, they I've heard stories where – my grandmother would cook everything he caught the night before mm-hmm. to to feed, and and like I said, it's just like you mentioned a while ago. It's sitting back in time still, so you can only imagine back in the early seventies what it was like. So, well, same way it is now, basically. Right. So, but I I'll forget that he she way way she mentioned she she really thought that the refuge stayed open all year long because he hunted it all year long. Right. I think it opens. Um, I guess two weeks from today. Yeah, December. Or uh, I think it's November seventeenth. North End North. opens November seventeenth, and 
if all, all goes well, I'll be there. <laughs> yes. At least come Saturday, Friday night, I'll be there. That's that's my favorite hunting. There he is. Me and a few went over last year, and we hunted three nights, and we treed 40-something coons. Yeah. It's unreal. It's like that every year, mm-hmm. just about. I don't know why it, they keep on coming back. There's a guy in Elaine, Arkansas, Alfred Johnson. Uh, we go over and dad-in-law and him were big buddies, came out and buddy. We went over one evening and got down there early, run a fitting station there in Eli. And uh, we got ready to go hunting. He went back there and got two sacks and uh, had me one of them and putting in his coat. I said, what's the two for? He said, I'm going to talk what dog killed your dog tree and you talk what mine tree. Mm. He's on the blue dog. And we went down there. I had a good dog, I thought, but he couldn't compete with this dog. Uh, we shot out 11 singles on that dog. <laughs> we started back out. I said, after what you take that dog? He said, I ain't gonna send you. I said, I'll give you my two dogs and what money I got in my pocket for He laughed. And I said, he said, no, I ain't gonna sell the dog. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you that in my truck. You'll carry me home. Mm, you wanted him bad. <laughs> but I just threw it. God knew what I was going to say. Yeah. And, uh, but I just couldn't train this dog I ever drove. I went in the woods with him. I've never seen That song around the tree will win. He wouldn't put his nose on the ground. Really? He tra- he'd come by us and trace a car. Never did put his nose on the ground. We'd look at him. A lot of people won't believe this story, but I stood down and looked at it, watched it. And he told me what he's gonna do before he died. We shot, he made a tree down there. And uh, I shined up there and a possum up there. And uh, I told Alfred, I said, right there, possum. He said, well, he's got a coon. And we shot around there, there's three cones up there. And he said, Mike, I want to show you what this dog can do. He shot one of them out. That's the only three we shot out that night out of. We shot one of this. All the rest of them were just single. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to show me. He shot the first cone out, and that dog went over and wool around on it, went right back on that tree. He done that three times. And when we put that can in that bag, that dog was gone. That third can. Wow. That's the reason I know the dog wind it counts. He never... had to win them. Yeah. Just imagine what you could win with something like that nowadays. And that dog like that now. They wouldn't let you in. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let you in. <laughs> well, 
there anything else you'd like to say? Any, um, I know I asked Dwayne, um, Harold Edwards the same thing there at the end. He's, he, he's an older gentleman. Uh, any wisdom you'd like to give? I mean, you've, you've been around. You said he's 84 years old. Is there any, any kind of wisdom you'd like to, like to give to, to pass on to anybody that's listening? Well, all I can tell people, just keep hunting and work every day. Just keep going. A lot of times they retire and sit down, they don't last long. I mean, I work every day. I told my doctor last time I went through, he asked me to still work hard. I had open heart surgery in that time. Got over good. But I did go to him every six months. And he asked me if I still working. I said, yeah, but I've cut back some. I said, I've cut back 12 hours a day. He <laughs> <laughs> said, 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. I didn't like that. I mean, no. we were on sawmill eight or nine hours a day, and I come home, I go in that house, it's dark every night. That's that's true story. I'll call him late, late. I don't go in before dark. Mm. But I do go in and eat supper. Early, then come back out. Hardly ever. Sit and look at four walls, you know. Right. I gotta be out here fooling these dogs. I've got a year old pup out there out of mice. I'm gonna hunt him this winter. I stay on the road a lot, work, work a lot, and go and hunt a lot. But if I'm at home, I can't be sitting inside. I'm outside doing something. I, I, I enjoy spending time with them dogs and out there just messing with them, petting on them, just, just watching them. You can learn a lot just by, just, just around the pen. Yeah. Just by watching them. I saw, I raised a letter of pups out of that mace dog. They, uh, little over a year old. And I sold a guy one. Sold him two, but he sold them. And now the females doing real good. And he called me night before life wanting to buy this. And I told him no, I didn't want to sell it because I'm going to keep a young dog coming on. Which I figured this one, something don't happen, <laughs> probably wear me out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll get her trained. Well, we uh, we just hit two hours. Mike, is there anything else you'd like to add before we? Before I think I about done? said all I need to say. Uh, well, think of. Well, I really appreciate y'all letting me come up here. You got a beautiful place, McNeil. Um, I've I've really enjoyed coming up here and seeing all this and, and talking to y'all. Um, I wish I could have got it done sooner. I guess it was just fate us running into each other up there. Um, I wasn't gonna get to go, and there's a youth right there close to the house. He wouldn't have a ride, so I made sure he got a way up there. So, but I'm glad we we run in, and we just happen to be sitting right beside yeah, each other yeah, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was honored to speak up there. Uh, maybe you know, it's the second time I've done that. Uh, been invited up. <clears throat> try to try to go when I am invited. They've uh, they've done well with their program. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people works at it now. Um, I kind of regret not being staying part of it, you know, through the years. But, you know, with the way life is, and like I said, when he said a while ago, he said hunt and work. That's what we 
we work, you know, all we, we work hard and try to make a decent living, honest living and enjoy life. That's all you can do. Yeah, we went on one of them three or four day journeys. We're coming home. Remember me telling you, I quit. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of nights. I, I said, I, this, "This is it. I'm done." And. It starts getting dusky dark at next evening. You, yeah. uh, I, I guess I better go again. Hey, <laughs> where are you at? It will. We go somewhere every weekend. Drive. Yeah. yeah, quitting's not the. Quitting's easy. I mean, you know, anybody can quit. Staying quits problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. I stayed at the uh, the World Hunt this year, eleven days from from the Youth World all the way through to the, the Big World. I judged the finals, and I know come come Sunday, I got home Sunday afternoon. I was tired. Yeah. I was wore out. We used to do it when the Super States World Hunted Aurora, which it you know. Um, it's just right up the road, two hours. You know, mm-hmm. you can be there. Made it pretty handy. Heck, I've I've hunted, and we used to guide by all the way back down to Camden. Um, and God, they'd fuss driving that distance, but it would work great for us. We mm-hmm. could stay home and hunt in our own spots. But we did that two or three year um, when the entries were up. They needed little extra guides. It worked. I thought it worked great for us anyway. A lot of people. Um, but um, out of Murray, when it was at Mayfield and, and uh, Murray and uh, Aurora, they'd guide all the way back to Dresden. And, you know, I could be home time time we got back to Aurora. So a lot of nights we'd hunt and win, lose, whatever. We'd come back home and go back and enter the next day. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but I remember going up on Thursday and staying. Might come home, home on Sunday, but staying all week. I mean, it's... It, it's it's um it take a lot out of you it's expensive too it, it gets expensive <laughs> it, it does uh i don't see how some of those guys i mean like you said earlier though the purses are nice now and i don't know what kind of deal they you know some of the handlers have gotten with their their uh owners but uh you know i see see them entering everywhere every state you know and i'm thinking that you know that's they're putting some miles on them on themselves so Yep. You know, that dog wrecked on her. I know what it takes to be a winner. That dog right out there had it all. She was first carried six months out. And I was hunting with a boy that had two females. And uh, they'd leave and get in there and he'd trick her in behind And, uh, but I could have took that dog right there in competition like I used to would have probably never won the world on again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there who've tried so many years and never won it and had good dogs. I know some boy around here had real dogs. Well, <laughs> couldn't he get to see me find Right. And, uh, I thought about that. I could have got somebody to handle that dog and done a lot with him. But 
I just didn't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Well, I got about an hour ride back home. Okay. I'm going to start easing her down. Uh, like I said, if there's anything else y'all want to say before I, before I get off here. Uh, I guess that's about all I need to say. No, <laughs> we, we could sit here and talk for hours, I'm sure. We can talk all night. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I thank y'all for letting me come up, and uh, and um, I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I appreciate it. I enjoyed your comment. Very well. I, thank you. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, at Coon Hunting You. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.